listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Zabanajad has an historic night at the Garden. We talk next. We talk baseball. We talk to you. Here we go. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. That's the number to join us on our Throwback Thursday edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining, Kyrie, Giselle, and myself. We're here until midnight. Oh, I want to hear from you at the Garden. If you were at the Garden for this Rangers game, talk to me. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. It was an unbelievable night for the Rangers. Now look. And Don LaGreca, as he always does in the postgame, does a phenomenal job of reviewing the game if you happen to miss it. But let me just tell you this. <laughs> let, let, let's get the negative part out of the way. Listen, you can't continue to give up leads like that going down the stretch in games that you need to get to the postseason. Okay, there was great opportunities. You're looking at the Islanders losing tonight, so you move up. So you, you can't do that. Okay, negativity, done. What a game for the Rangers. They fought back. Yes, they gave up goals, but they came right back, and they found a way to win. And what can you say about Mika? He was incredible. He was on fire. He was great. He was great. And he put the team on his back. And listen, to do that on the same ice as Alex Ovechkin is even better. You know what I'm saying? Even better that you would be able to have that type of game and that type of emotional win. And I'm telling you, these are the wins, ladies and gentlemen. These are the games that you look back and you say, you know what? (laughs) This is why we're going to the postseason. Ranger fans want to hear from you. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go. Paul in New Jersey, you're first on ESPN New York tonight. Talk to me. Hey, man. I'm in the car right now. With my teenage son next to me, he's asleep. We were at the game, and let me tell you, it was a special night. First off, great job with some of the things they did, Pride Night, all of that at the Garden. But I happened to work from home today, so that gave me a chance to say to my son, hey, you want to go to the game with me? Normally, he wouldn't be there for a weeknight game. Uh-huh. And I always tell him, for live sports, you go to games, you go to games, and you always want to be there for something special. And tonight was a special night. <laughs> I mean, even after Mika scored his fourth, and then Washington tied it back up with Paul. I said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, no, I lost you for a second. Go ahead." Yeah, so uh, you know, just being there for something special. Even after Mika scored his fourth, I jokingly said to my son, "Maybe um, Zabanajad is going to have to score five, and it goes to OT, scores five, and you know, and that's only happened two other times in Rangers history. You get to see something special." And we loved that. I'm glad I shared it with him. And it's a special moment to share with your son, Paul. Thanks for the phone call. And you're the reason why we had to go into overtime, huh? You jinxed us. 1-800-919-3776. Matt's in Brooklyn. Hey, Matt, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, how's it going? Going great, Matt. Uh, Talk to me. Man, that was the greatest game I've ever been to. Now, a guy like Alex Ovechkin, now, Ranger fans, we hate on Sidney Crosby, right? But Alex Ovechkin, Ranger fans have the utmost respect for him. Now, when he scored those two goals and pinned us back, man, all we could do was smile. Like, it was beautiful. And then Sabanajad to score the fifth, we were just bugging out. We were 
man, one of the greatest games I've ever been to of any sport. Matt, does this give you a game like this? Does this give you more confidence that, you know what, we keep playing like this, we're going to the postseason? Yeah, I mean, these last three games without Kreider, I, I was like, I was a little deflated. But now, you know, please, I mean, we, we got a guy like the manager, and that's, that's what you need. You ride a guy like that into the playoffs, you ride some hot goaltender, and that's it. Let's, let's do something here. All right, Matt, thanks for checking in with us. Alex in Wappingers Falls, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Al? Hey, how you doing, Larry? Listen, tonight was my very first hockey game No way. Ever. No way. I went, listen, going there, I knew Sabanajad, and I told my wife, listen, that's my favorite player right there. Watch him. Anytime he's on the ice, something special is going to happen. Five goals, Larry. I'm in love. I'm absolutely <laughs> in love with the game of hockey now, and I have I have to go to more games now. So 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 now, are you are you a Ranger fan? Is are you is your fandom available? Can any of the three uh, teams locally, you know, get you to be on their on their team, or or what's the story here? I'm I'm usually I'm usually a hockey playoff fan of okay. the Rangers. Okay. But now forget about it. I've got I've gotta I've gotta go to more games. I've gotta see it every game now. And thank goodness for them because I'm a Knicks fan as well. And oh God. we all know how that's going. I do, Alex. Thanks for the phone call. It's the same building, but a world of difference, right? This is ESPN New York tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. It's ESPN New York tonight on ninety eight seven ESPN. Go back Thursday on the show. Taking your phone calls on a great night by the Rangers, Mika Zabanajad. Saying, One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Five goals by Mika Zibanejad. Want to hear you guys talk about it, Ranger fans? It was a fabulous night, Robbie in Massachusetts. You're next on ninety eight seven. Larry, what a win! What a win! I mean, I went from total like anger through my keys across my living room to jumping up and down. What a game for Mika! It's funny. Forty seven years of Ranger fan. I remember when Donnie Murdoch scored his five goals, and of course, I remember when Pab scored his five goals in eighty three as a first year college student. But man, what a, what a win! Larry, I don't know. They got a tough road to hold with, with Colorado coming up, Dallas coming up, and they can't take the Devils lightly. They've been playing well. But um, I'm glad. It's funny. I was posting about moving Julian Gauthier up on the third line. They did move him up tonight uh, after the second period. I'd like to see what this kid can do. Six foot four, big kid. Mm-hmm. And with Kreider out, I'd like to see him play on the first line once in a while. So. Anyway, it was just a great win, and uh, this team is showing me a lot, a lot of character. One of the things that I, I, I notice Coach Quinn does, though, at these six-on-fives, they've got to be more aggressive. Don't allow players to actually skate the puck in. Make, make them dump it in and clear the puck out, because a lot of times it seems like the Rangers on these six-on-five situations at the end of games when they're trying to you know, 
desperately try to get a win in the last minute. It seems like they leave guys open. Ovechkin was way too open. But, you know, Mika is just – it's amazing. That trade was a steal. When they got him yep. Eric Broussard, Larry, I mean, I knew he was going to be a great player, and he's just gotten better and better every year. And think about the fact that he missed 13 games this season. That's right. How many goals he would have. So just a wonderful win. And uh, anyway, i got to get your thoughts on the Knicks after two. And, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll listen a little bit more. In the- All right, Robbie. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, we'll talk Knicks a little bit later. Right now, this is uh, Mika and Ranger time. And listen. It's Ovechkin, man. <laughs> He's great. What are you going to do? I know I know what you're saying. you got to do a better job making sure you know where he is, but come on. It's Ovechkin. Murray's in Brooklyn. Hey, Murray, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. What's up? I'm on my way home from the game. That was the best game of my life. How many games you been to? Just give me some perspective. I've been to about 10 to 15 a year. Okay. How many years? I'm 20 years old, so probably... 10 to 15 years. Okay. What made this game so great? Why is this the best game you've ever been to, Murray? Tell me. Um, first of all, we got a ton of comebacks. We got a ton of goals, 11 goals total. And overtime, that's free hockey. Of course, the Rangers bit a win is the biggest part. And to see five goals in a game by our hometown hero from the Rangers, that's, I can't even explain. And, <laughs> and also... That would have been the most heartbreaking loss ever if they yeah. lost. They, they just kept coming back, coming back every time we scored, and to finally put them away in overtime, no better feeling. You're right, Murray. Thanks for the phone call. That is the other side of this, right? If they come out with a loss, you say, well, you know, you got a point, but oof. to be able to get the win after all that and to have Mika had the night he had just makes it that much sweeter. Isaac's in Brooklyn. Isaac, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry. How's it going? What's up, partner? Oh, my God. That game was unbelievable. I mean, the garden was electrifying. It was just, it was spectacular. Mika magic. Nothing else to say. Can this team make the playoffs, Isaac? I I think so. I I think they can. Even with the Kreider injury, I I think they're, they're good enough to make it. All right. Let's see what happens. Thanks for the phone call. Let's move on. Kenny's in Jersey. Kenny, you're next on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, what's up, Larry? What's up, Ken? I'm doing great, man. What's going on? Look, man, I'm not a I'm not a huge hockey fan, but I'm a huge Ranger fan. Okay, and I'm in that I'm in that group of New York sports fans where so I root for the Knicks, I root for the Mets. So I haven't, you know, I don't got much to cheer for. So that game was was electric, man. I didn't go to the game. I was listening to it in my truck, and I'm you know I'm all over the truck yelling and screaming, and it was just fun, man. It's just fun when when your team is winning. You know, so I hope they keep it up, man, and uh, I hope our goalie get back healthy so we can make a good playoff push. I hear you, Ken. Thanks for the phone call. You are so right, man. It is so good when your team is winning. Oh, you just it just makes you feel – everything is – you're almost like players where, you know, your food tastes better and you're smiling. You, you know, Nobody gets on your nerves. People cut you off. It's okay. Well, it's not okay, but you don't react to it the way you normally do when your team is winning. And, you know, win like tonight – you know, you say, whew, boy, we escaped. We escaped. Frank's in Long Island. Hey, Frank, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing great, Frank. What's up? All right. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Rangers, I'm sure. Man. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, man, definitely, definitely. I still get mad when people cut me off, but, you know. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't at the game tonight, but uh, it was definitely, I'm, I'm 30 years old. That was one of the greatest wins, regular season wins that I've ever seen. I've been watching hockey for a long time. Um, 
I mean, Mika is lights out. The guy is absolute magic. He's a stud. Uh, the team, the team. We have a good team. We have a great team, defense and offense. Um, my point being is, uh, you know, Henrik Lundqvist was the Richter of my time. Mm-hmm. So that man deserves a Stanley Cup more than anybody in the league. Um, you know, Ovechkin got one, and I think it's Henrik's time. So I think we got to win for Henrik within the next year or two. What What do you think is the time span that he would be able to have to uh, win a cup because it's it's closing fast and he definitely deserves one. It is closing fast, Frank. Thanks for the phone call. It is closing fast. I would say probably this year and next year because when you think about it, the Rangers right now, they're not going to have three goalies next season. They're going to have to make a decision. One of these guys, obviously, Shesterkin is in. Okay, in my opinion, that's your number one goalie. So I would think that you would bring Hank back unless you're going to make a deal or something for him. He says he wants to still be here. So for me, I think you got this year and next year because you're only going to have two goalies. I think he'll be the, the backup goalie next year, but you never know. John's in the Big Apple. John, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Larry. Great game. One of the funnest games I've ever been to in the Garden. Season ticket holder for 30 years. Two, two points, though. Georgiev played a good game, but if, if you look at the, three, the first three goals he gave up, all short side tight. Benoit has to work with him to get him a little bit tighter on the on the, on the closing shots on the short side. Okay. Other than that, Mika, superstar, man. That guy's just, he's off the hook. Between him, Fox, and Panarin, who, both of whom have hands that I've never seen watching this game 35 years. This team is tight. I think they're starting to grow. They're together. They may not they may not do it this year. They may make the playoffs and lose in the first round, second round, but I think they got a nice core going forward. I'm excited. John, take me through the roller coaster of that, of the, you get the lead, you lose the lead, you get the lead, you lose you know, the lead. It was, it, yeah, it was one of those games where last year, I, I, when, they, when, when Washington and Ovechkin comes back and they keep tying it, you feel like they're going to win the game. The Rangers are going to lose. Washington's going to come back. This game, when Washington, I was at the Ranger Islander game at the Coliseum last Tuesday night. Islanders scored with what 17 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Usually, you feel like the Rangers are going to lose the game. I knew they were going to win that game tonight. Same feeling. Even though they tied it, I turned around to my son. I said, "You know what? They're going to score in overtime. They're going to win this game." And uh, that's what happened. So, even though it was a roller coaster, you didn't have that that feeling in the pit of your stomach that they were mm-hmm. going to lose. And that's the difference between this team. And teams of the last, you know, two or three years, give credit to Quinn. He's a good coach. He's, he's he knows how to deal with these young guys. They're playing for him, and you know, you gotta love it. You gotta love. It. You gotta feel good about it. There's no question, John. Thanks for checking in. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight on 987 ESPN. Go back Thursday. Same. He's got the potion and the motion. When I feel in love, when my love starts to flow. He's got the power in the atmosphere. He's the reason why my face is all the
Tonight, I guess we could call Mika Sabanager at Dr. Gold. Mika he had magic. five of them. Oh, he had the magic. 1-800-919-3776 at Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Well, you can imagine who's topping our top news stories of the day. Now, here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. And we begin at Madison Square Garden. It was a game the Rangers needed. It was a game the Rangers had the opportunity, with the Islanders also in action against Ottawa, that they could move even closer to the Islanders for that final playoff spot. And it began, so you kind of knew Mika was going to have a night. It began early. Panarin with the puck once again for the Rangers. Out to D'Angelo straight away. D'Angelo for Panarin. Left circle shot. Score! Zabanajad in front may have gotten a piece of it. It's a power play goal. We are tied at one. The voice of Kenny Albert. Oh, you'll hear a lot of Kenny like on this goal. Fox with the puck for the Rangers along the blue line to the far circle. Shot. Score! Zabanajad again! His second of the game, 35th of the season, fifth goal in the last three games. All right, that made it 2-1 Rangers. Then you know what happens then. The Rangers scored, then Washington scores, and the Rangers scored, then Washington scores, and then the Savannah Jazz. Third period is underway. Samson off to our left. Butsnevich out in front. Score! Patrick Savannah Jad. 12 seconds into the third period. Mika Savannah Jad with his third goal of the night. They had hats, they had scarves, they had everything on the garden ice, but he wasn't done. Taco, down the left wing, big drive, stop, rebound, score, Zabanajan, his fourth of the night! But the Capitals would come back and tie, so it's 5-5, and now we go into bonus hockey. Panarin, up the middle, Zabanajan, here he comes, moving in, he takes, he scores! His fifth of the game, tying a Ranger record, Rangers win 6-5! Of course, Kenny Albert and Pete Stimkowski right here on 98.7 ESPN. There you go. Well, um, first of all, how important was the win and how much fun was that? Uh, huge game, obviously. Um, last three games, I, I thought we played well against St. Louis. Couldn't get it done. And, uh, we, know that we knew going into this one it was going to be a tough one. And, uh, it was a battle, but nice to get away with the win. So you're the third guy in franchise history to get five on a, on a night. Uh, how was it when you get the puck and you're sticking overtime? Uh, I mean, that's an unbelievable pass. I kind of knew he was he was making it, and then I just tried to get uh, get by myself for there and, and, and skate away from the guy and posting in. So again, huge, huge, uh, huge win, and I'm I'm uh, tired and happy. There you go. Well, tired and happy with the win. Now uh, you just got to keep plugging away in this thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, every game that comes now is going to be you know the biggest game of our season. So uh, we're just gonna keep fighting like we we did today and, and um, keep going. Listen, congratulations. That was great stuff, Mika. Thank you. Thank you. Mika Zabanejad with Dave Maloney on the ice at the Garden. What a night. Rangers win by the score of 6-5 in overtime. Islanders lose to Ottawa 4-3. Rangers trail the, Ottawa, trail, trail the Islanders blah, trail the Islanders by just a couple of points. Elsewhere, well, there's this interesting story in the New York Post by Mark Berman, who's been a beat writer covering the Knicks for a number of years. He says that the Knicks are interested in Chris Paul next season. So that led me to go to our Twitter poll question at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. 
who would you like to see as the next starting point guard next season? Would it be Chris Paul and his $44 plus million contract? Would it be Fred Van Fleet, a free agent from Toronto? Gordon Dragic, a free agent out of Miami? Or Cole Anthony or another guard in the draft? You can weigh in. At hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Part of the problems with the Knicks this year, and we've talked about it on this air a lot, has been Julius Randle. The numbers look great. Okay, with the scoring and the rebounding, the double-doubles, they look great, but they don't translate into wins all the time. Well, it was an interesting topic this morning. On DPHO, Canty and Rothenberg from 10 to 1 on 98.7 ESPN. Julius Randle needs to be off the New York Knicks next year. But, but he has to be. The, the normal NBA fan will look and he say makes he scored everyone 30 points around again. Him worse. Yes, he's frustrating as all can be. Everyone around him worse. I cannot stand watching him play. I don't care that he scored well, 30 points. have another year of him. I don't, I don't want another year of him. He, he is detrimental to the growth of the young players in this team. He is, 100%. He is. He over dribbles. He doesn't play defense. Like he's, He never gives the ball up. Never gives the ball up. Like, he's a detriment to this young team. And the shame of it is, he has talent. He's not a talentless player. Yeah, but he's not a winning player. Well, maybe he hasn't been coached the right way. Or maybe he's just not a winning player. Maybe he's not. There are some guys that are super talented that don't that don't contribute to winning. Uh, sorry, guys. He'll be here next year <laughs> because he's got, a, he's got two more years. He's got next year plus an option year. So... You probably can get rid of him at the trading deadline next year because the following year would be an expiring contract that would make him more attractive to a to a team that you know may need a score. But listen, Rick DiPietro is right. He's one of those guys who puts up a lot of points on bad teams. That's what Julius Randle is. We continue with our top stories of the day. You know, Buster Olney was on the Michael K show recently. We've had this conversation about. You know, the Yankees uh, talking to the Mets about Stephen Matz to shore up their now injury-riddled starting rotation. So Buster was asked by Kay LaGreca and, Rosen- and, Roth- and Rosenberg, will the Mets trade Matz? Uh, no, I don't think so. And I think that that story from what I've heard uh, actually was not right, that there was no conversation between the Yankees and uh, the Mets over Stephen Matz. You know, during the wintertime, when they pursued Porcello and they pursued Michael Walker, their talks were that they were going to move Matts and have him some uh, work in some sort of a role out of the bullpen. I guess the question is going to be, is, is somebody going to make it so uncomfortable for them that they're going to have to consider making a change? So their thought at that time was, boy, if we put Matts in the bullpen with all the other pieces we have, you know, with the hope that Edwin Diaz bounces back, we could have a tremendous bullpen. But, you know, I, I mean, I... I wondered when I first heard that, you know, how would that be for Steven Matz in terms of where he's at in his career? I tell you right now, as a Mets fan, I'm ha- I have no confidence in Diaz. I can't wait for Saturday to see Dylan Patances on the mound for the first time. And after that, when I figure out what's going on with Seth Lugo and I find out what's going on with Steven Matz, maybe I'll want Matz in the bullpen. But here's what I know. Just watching what the Yankees have gone through and the season hasn't even started yet, you never have enough starting pitching. This is ESPN New York Tonight. It's Throwback Thursday on ESPN New York Tonight at 1-800-919-3776. Also, you can hit us up on Twitter 
at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. With our Twitter poll question, who would you like to see as Nick's starting point guard next season? Would it be Chris Paul, Fred Van Fleet, Gordon Dragic, or Cole Anthony? Also, your thoughts on a big night for Mika Zibanejad as the Rangers win 6-5 in overtime. We're weighing in with you on ESPN New York tonight. All right, let's go to the phone, see what you guys got to say. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry, a few points about the Rangers. So I'm watching the game on Sunday. I see Henrik, and I'm saying Henrik is going to prove Larry right. They're going to call on the, on the, on the old-timer, and he's going to save the Rangers' bacon. Didn't happen. Nope. You know, and you can't blame all the goals on him, but a good goaltender makes those saves. And it's quite apparent that they cannot give Henrik another stock for the regular season. Would you agree to that? Yeah, it was going to be tough because you really have no margin for error right now. Number two, um, when Rangers are defending against the one goal, um, they got to be more aggressive. I mean, when all you see is staying in the box. They're not being aggressive to try a poke check or whatever. And time after time, they give up that goal in the closing seconds, and they got to at least look and see if they can need to change that stuff. Plus the fact, I'll tell you when I feel comfortable about the Rangers going for the playoffs, mm-hmm. when Igor comes back. Mm-hmm. Because Gregor is a, is a good goaltender, but if you notice, he lets the high shots in. He's too much on his knees. Um, Igor is a stand-up goaltender. So where some goaltenders, like Gregor, go to the knees and flop a little bit like Alatoni Esposito in the old days, uh, Igor just stands tall and, and those shots don't get past him. Yeah. So, and, and I saw in the paper that he's day-to-day now. Mm-hmm. So if you can get Igor back in the next couple of days, you know, I still think we have a good shot. And finally, I was watching the NHL Network after the Rangers scored a goal. Mm-hmm. They gave the, the Banjab the perfect new nickname. What is it? The Big Z. There you go. And if you remember, who was had a similar nickname in the old days? Was? Big M, Frank Mahovlich. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And he wasn't a bad player. No, he wasn't, Bruce. He was not. He was not. Thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. Trey is in Brooklyn, Texas. He joins us next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Trey. What's going on, Larry? Hey, man, everything is good. I enjoyed the Ranger game, but I was sitting here. I was like, I was, you know, jumping up and down like they was my team. He might have he earned a jersey purchase, man. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I, I might. I, might, I have might, to. might have to get that Might have to get that sweater in the mail, man. Might have I to might have to. You can take that other one um, back that you sent. <laughs> Larry, don't say his name. I'm not. You know, because I don't. You know, I don't ever have know, to say that you, name no more. I'm good. You know the, you, you know the Giants that need corners too. <laughs> yeah, I know. But listen, <laughs> take it from me. Don't do it. <laughs> don't nah, do it. Nah, but but there's a team up not up ninety five that can take them. Man, go to Philly with that, man. That's right. Man. <laughs> hey, 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 hey listen. You, oh, you know what? He'll go to New, he'll go to New England and be an All Pro. 
Uh, oh, don't say that. Please don't say that. Please. There will be, hey, that, that people be looking for that dude, man. I wanted to go Gail King and Snoop Dogg here, but people be looking for that dude. <laughs> You're right. We ain't going to say his name, but people be looking for that dude. That's right. Be looking for him. You're right. Larry, how much money is Chris Paul owed? I think I think it's in the forty millions. <laughs> you know, and here's the other thing: who are you going? Who is Oklahoma City going to take from this roster for him? Even at thirty four and making all that money. So, so 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 here you go. Leon Rose says, "Hi, um, we got Nilakina and Dennis Smith. Can we get Chris Paul?" <laughs> yeah, right, Larry. <laughs> And I know, and he's having a he's having a great year. He is. He's having a great. I ain't take nothing away from Chris Paul, but that money, the fact, oh. look, the, the Knicks want to talk laughable. It's laughable that Chris Paul's name is in your mouth. I know it is. That's, that's laughable. It is. You know that that's ridiculous and scary. Uh, yeah, oh, and scary. Oh, because it means it means like mm. there's desperation filling in, and now you're starting to look back and remember. The, listen. I'm not saying Steve Mills did a fantastic job because he did not. But the no, one thing not. he the one thing he did was he said we're not trading our draft choices and we're not going into no exorbitant contracts and he and that's <laughs> no. what he did not do. We ain't, he was steadfast that we're not taking on no albatross contracts. No, that's that we what he are said. Not taking those on. He said that and he was Eddie and, and and for that he stood at his word because yep. he did not do that. That's right. So. So there's no way in hell that we could take this man. <laughs> there's no way. There's absolutely that can't happen, Larry. Nope. So what? So what has to happen is we got to draft your, your your boy from down there, Chapel Hill. Yeah. You or another guard. That, that. Or another guard. I'm just, or another I don't know. Guard. What, I don't know where the ping pong balls are going to be. Winston at this point, Larry. Yeah. I take the boy. I take the kid from uh, Michigan State. Sure. You know. It, it, this is just this is just bad bad point guard play, and we have ineptitude in the front office if they bring Chris Paul in that in that contract here. I cannot it. believe that that is even on the table. The Knicks got so many problems, and then you go exacerbate the problem by saying we're going to bring in Chris Paul next year, people. You know, oh, and remember, yeah, yeah. remember, and, and I hope they don't make me out to be a fool because I sat yeah. here a couple of years ago. I said, listen, that's what's different about this regime. Before you would have seen, you would have seen them have Chris Paul show up at the press conference after the draft. We got Chris Paul. We're going to turn things around. No, that's not what this Nick team is. That's they're moving forward. Yeah, yeah, man, we looking like fools out here in these streets. Larry, this looks like the deleted scenes to Eddie. Yeah, this is starting to look like. Hey, so 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 Nick fans, I think hey, the team don't belong to James Dolan. It belongs to us. So we need to galvanize us, go down to the garden, and stand in the middle of the floor until he get rid of the team or something. He got to do something, man. He all he missing is the cowboy boots and the spurs on his shoes. That's man. it. And, and, and listen, but he got a band. Oh, well, he got and, a band. And, and Whoopi's not far from being in the building. I'm trying to tell. I'll take Whoopi. I'll take Whoopi to make some decisions, man. Really? On, I saw Jim Jones and Cameron down there the other night. Yep. I'll take we need some decision making, man. We this, do. This Larry, Larry is thinking fast. This wasn't. This wasn't part of what we. Were no, 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 no. Not like this. This was not part of. No. Uh-uh. We knew we were going to be a bad team, Larry, but we didn't know that J- Big Bad Jimmy Jam was going <laughs> to him up spicy at the damn door. Oh, Larry! It's crazy. Larry, come on. Let's look at time, Larry. You did this. You did this. Who? This shot's called Larry Hardest. Yeah. Uh, not me. 
I not me. That was not me. No, 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 Trey. Thanks for the phone call. Oh, no. You're not putting that on me. This is ESPN New York Tonight. It's ESPN New York Tonight. 1-800-919-3776. Throwback Thursday. Let's go. I love Throwback Thursday. Gives me a chance to uh, go to my record room and give you a view into my past. A lot of calls on the line. Got a bunch of folks to get to before we turn the proceedings over to Freddie and Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. Who would you like to see as Nick's starting point guard next season? 18% of you say Chris Paul. 20% of you say maybe we can hoodwink Fred Van Fleet, convince him since he's already got a ring that he could play for New York and help us out. That's 20% say Fred Van Fleet. 18% say Gorin will leave Miami to come to the cold weather of the Big Apple. But 47% of you say Cole Anthony or, as I mentioned, I couldn't put it there because, you know, the polls limited with the characters, uh, Cole Anthony or a draft choice. You want to get a guard through the draft. So most of you want to get a guard through the draft. And to be honest, I agree with you. I want to get a guard through the draft. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 9870. Hey, what's going on, Larry? What's uh, up, partner? I don't know. Yeah, you know what, man? With um, with, with this guy, um, Randall, man, it's the same thing like with the Jets, man. You know, like when, when they um, when they, when they they scooped up, um, the, the, um, What's the guy's name? The, you know, the coach. They knew they were going to fire him, uh, McCagney. Oh, yeah. And, and then they let them Adam Gase, the yeah. And spend, yeah. And then they let them spend the money and make the pick. It's the same thing with Randall. You know, like, they knew that they didn't want. You know, if they fired Fisdale, that's shortly into the season. They knew they were going to make a move there. And then they knew what the fans wasn't going to tolerate, that you make a move on Fisdale and then Mills and then Parry to a lesser extent, you know, will stay here. So it was asinine to spend that money on him like that. You know what I mean? It didn't yeah. make any sense, man. You know, like like the, the guys were talking about, develop the players. You can't develop an offense with that guy. You nope. know what I'm saying? Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nope. You know, but like with Van Fleet, you know, honestly, you know, of, of course he'd be an idiot to come in, and I don't think he's that dumb, you know, to come to this dysfunction. But of the three, I, I think it's no contest with him because mm-hmm. he's still clearly, like, on the rise as a player. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't reached his full potential. And, like, around our house, we got a nickname for him, you know, especially in the playoffs. It's called Ain't Never Scared. Yeah. You know, because, cause, you know, he's what New York City would really love. Exactly. He's a two-way player. Yep. You know, and he's about heart. And um, he's like everything that, um, you know, Howard Isley wasn't. Yeah. He came from, <laughs> you know what I mean? He came from another team, and, you know, he was, yep. he was getting better, and he was getting better, and, you know. I mean, I, I think New York has really wrapped their arms around that guy. There's no question. Get him, though. You know, you're that. right. You're right. But look, come on, Buddha. I can, I can hope. Can I? Can I hope, Buddha? <laughs> <laughs> you heard me. You heard me already, Buddha. I said maybe, maybe since he already got a ring, he 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 could be convinced. You know. I, I, I mean, I would love it to happen. You know, I mean, like I said, Chris Paul, like um, like um, like the guy Trey said earlier. He had a great. He's had a good season. Yeah, but there's no way you could take him with that money. No, you, no, you couldn't no. even depend on his body. You know, no. like in the later parts of the year. That's right. You know, I mean, Van Fleet is is was was like 
to me, I think it's more than 20%. He should have been about 60% yeah. on, on that vote. You know? Well, but you're right, Buddha, but here's the thing, and thanks for the phone call. People are like you. They don't think he's dumb enough to come, so they're not voting for him. <laughs> they're like, no, nah, I'm not wasting my vote. He ain't coming here. We know what's up with that, and he is not coming. Vinny's in Beth Page. Vinny, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Larry, big fan. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Vin. What's up, partner? Hey, a uh, huge win for the Rangers tonight. I oh, uh, just definitely. wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, who you think should be the next captain. Wow. It should be uh, Zabinajad or maybe Kreider. I think those two guys are the front runners. Wow. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and I tell you, Vinny, and, and thanks for the phone call and the kind words. It's, it's, you're right. Those would be, those, one of those guys would be my choice. And after tonight, I'd say the, the pendulum is swinging big time towards Mika. But the thing, but you know what? Listen. Very quietly, and, and we are talking about Mika and LaGreca pointed it out in the post game, and it's rightfully so. But listen, you know, Panarin had three assists tonight. So, you know, he, he's a guy who's been very, very active, and he's been, you know, a guy who's been clutch, and he's been involved in this, in this resurgent too. So, you know, you, you never know. You've got a couple of choices here, and, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But off the top of my head, I would kind of go with Kreider because he's been here a little bit longer, but <laughs> Zibanejad is rolling, my friend. Erickson Yonkers, what's up? You're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry, thanks for having me. You got it, hey, man. man uh, about this Rangers, man, that was one of the best games I've seen all year as far as sports, man. It's just back and forth, but, you know, I know I know we're, we're, we're like, what are we, two, two points behind the Islanders right now for the yep. last spot, but... I mean, I just can't help think, but, you know, how much farther I could see us going if we had Kreider right now. I know we don't, but, uh, you know, I think that opened up Mika's game a little more. I think he's getting more ice time. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be at the game on the 24th against Columbus, man. I, I really I think that's going to be a good game. I think it's all going to come down to that. And, uh, listen, I think if we – the way they play, man, they fight. They don't give up. And that's something you want to see in a core like the young kids we have and. Let me tell you, I'm very excited for the Rangers moving forward. I think we make it this year. I think we get in. I don't know how far, but listen, man, uh, I got to I gotta be all in on the Rangers because I'm tired of watching these Knicks. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> me and you both, Eric. <laughs> me you both. 1-800-919-3776. You know, speaking of uh, Mika Sabanajad, he joined uh, our Don LaGreca on the post game, and Don asked him, about his five goal night. No, um, I mean it's it's definitely a special night. Um, the the whole game really, and, and uh, be able to get a win in overtime like that, um, it's for sure a night I'll remember for for um, the rest of my life. So I mean it was um, it was special for me, but 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 a huge win for for um, for our team as well. No question about it. And he was asked, "Had you ever experienced a night like this?" He's like, "No." But, uh, you know, listen, this was the night to have that because the Rangers needed every single goal to get that win tonight. Mark's in Huntington. Hey, Mark, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, what's happening, Larry? So about 10 years ago, um, I tweeted, so I, I saw a picture of Amari Stoudemire, right, when he came to the Knicks. He mm-hmm. was, uh, it was some picture of his hair. And I retweeted it, and all of a sudden, Berman sent me a direct message, and he said, oh, you're a friend of Amari? And I pretended to go along with it. All of a sudden, he started asking me questions, and the next day, I was quoted in the post as a source close to Amari Stoudemire. 
and I didn't even know Amari. And for the next like week, he started asking me questions about the Knicks, and I was quoted three more times in the post by Berman as a source close to the Knicks. Now, I'm a 31-year-old guy now with no ties to the Knicks, just a huge lifelong fan. And the fact that Berman's just reporting a Chris Paul story coming now, I mean, I know he's their reporter, but Larry, I mean, a lot of things that he says, I just can't buy into all this stuff. What do you think? Well, Mark, I tell you what, um, we'll see what happens. We'll find out. If he shows up here, Mark, <laughs> I hope you call, I hope you call back and apologize. <laughs> Personally, I hope he doesn't show up because as a Nick fan, I don't want to see $41 million. Listen, and I love Chris Paul. I don't want to see $41 million go to Chris Paul at 34 with the injury history that he's had, especially the past couple years. Um, and I'll say this. As a reporter, it would be, it is your job to check, double check, and triple check who your sources are, who, what they're saying, and to back it up. And I'll just say this. I'm not trying to say that you're not telling the truth. I would just say it would be surprising to me that if Mark Berman would be that gullible and do that, because if he did that, he wouldn't still have his job because he would have been lit up a couple times, you know? Joseph Westchester, hey, Joe, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry, how are you doing? I'm all right, Joe. What's going on, man? Well, well, I've been a Knicks fan for 65 years. Wow. Yes, I have two championships underneath my belt. And I go back, way back to Carl Braun and Richie wow. Guerin and Sweetwater Clifton wow. and Kenny Sears and Ray Felix. And, and, uh, so I've been there and, um, uh, in my estimation, um, the Knicks were doing great. Uh, Woodson had two great years. They won over a hundred games. It was Stottlemyre's team and, uh, Donnie Walsh was, uh, general manager. And then Mr. Dolan stepped in. He wanted Carmelo uh, in the middle of the season or towards the end of the season. And Donnie Walsh said, no, we'll get him afterwards. And Dolan wouldn't listen, traded for Carmelo, and that's been the end of the Knicks. And it's been ever since that downhill. Woodson got fired. So my question to you is, first of all, um, I don't see why anybody would want to come to the Knicks in the dysfunction that they've been ever since that happened to Woodson and Stoudemire was put to the side. And Carmella came, uh, for me, um, I thought he was a very bad fit-in. I thought that he was jealous of uh, Lynn, and because of him, uh, I, I believe uh, that uh, he, Lynn, was, went to Houston. Uh, I believe that's a lot of garbage with the money thing. I think that it was Carmella that had him sent out because when Carmella was hurt, uh, Jeremy Lin was going tremendous guns, and I think that it was a, a, a thorn in Carmelo's flesh. But um, if you were a uh, halfway uh, decent ball player, and why would you even want to come to the Knicks? Number one, and what is going to what is Rose going to do to make the Knicks good when he has no experience and Phil Jackson? who had no experience, was a basketball guru, uh, failed. All right, Joe, you got a lot of questions here, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. Let, let me try to get some. Let me try to get 
some answers in for you. First of all, there's been a lot of talk about Carmelo and his role with Jeremy Lin. Was there some jealousy? Probably. There may have been. But it's hard for me to believe that Carmelo, who wanted to come here to bring a championship, would be upset at somebody else who would help him bring a championship because when you look, who else did the Knicks surround them with? When Carmelo came here, he was supposed to be, he wasn't the last piece. He was supposed to be surrounded with other people. That's number one. Number two, the reason why uh, I believe James Dolan really wanted to get Carmelo at, during the trade was because the Nets were going to get him. And so he didn't want the Nets to get Carmelo before he got Carmelo. So, yeah, they really wanted to wait until the offseason, after the season, to make that deal. But they didn't want Brooklyn to get them. And as it turns out, Brooklyn then went to plan B, which was Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. All right. And uh, the Jet from Boston. So that's that part of it. Um, and, by the way, listen, Carmelo was part of those 50-win teams. They didn't win 50 before he got here. They won 50 after he got here. And number four, listen, uh, Amar Stoudemire was having a tremendous first half. As a matter of fact, during that season, there was talk of him become being the MVP of the league because he was playing so well. But the downside to that was Mike D'Antoni was playing him almost 40 minutes a game. On those knees, everybody knew his knees weren't going to last. And that's the reason why he failed the years afterwards, because you could only play, pay, play him 20 to 25 minutes. But much like even D'Antoni did with Jeremy Lin. I was there when he said, I'm going to ride him like the road secretariat. <laughs> and so you look at Jeremy Lin after he left here. What success did he have? He didn't have success when he left here. And money was a part of it. And part of the reason that the team did not embrace Jeremy Lin was not the situation with Carmelo Anthony. It was him saying when they were in the playoff hunt, I'm not, I'm not healthy. I'm even if I have to be a hundred percent healthy before I come back and play. And off the record, there were some players who were like, so at this time of the year, who's a hundred percent in the NBA going to the playoff season. So there was a lot of stuff going on with that team. Um, there was some thought also that Mike Woodson had started to lose that group because beginning with Tyson Chandler about the fact of, hey, you know what? We switched too much on defense. And so that all that was part of it as that that's part of the reason why um, uh, he got fired. And he did a tremendous job as far as defense on that team because he held people accountable. And that was the key thing there. To answer your question about Leon Rose, listen. Maybe you're, he's hoping and the garden's hoping that because of the, the, maybe he doesn't know exactly what a general, a, a president does in theory, but he's got relationships. He's got relationships with players. He's got relationships with owners. He's got relationships with other GMs. So they're banking on the fact that maybe that will enable them to do what they need to do to help get back what, to help get competitive. Plus, the key thing is going to be who he hires as general manager, who will be somebody experienced, and who that general manager hires as coach. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.